We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, You might notice it looks a little bit different today. Uh, Instead of Steven and Tyler, uh, Steven is on vacation. Tyler's a little bit busy. So Dan Wolkenstein from the uh, Chargers Unleashed podcast decided to come on and co-host with me today. So Dan, how are you doing? Alex, I am good. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Friends of the show. Uh, Can't wait. Let's get things going. Yeah, um, so you you've been having a little bit of a busy off season, a new new podcast uh, with the LAFB Network. Uh, how has that been going? It's been going honestly. It's been going really well. Uh, my co-host Jake Hefner and I we've kind of been through a lot uh, in a previous podcast, going into this one. But honestly, we are so happy with the move. We're loving our time with LA Football Network. Um, in the podcast, we're having a ton of fun. We're having a lot of guests. We're doing a lot of stuff that is entertaining, is authentic, and honestly, it's just something that both of us really enjoy doing and being, you know, a part of this community and a part of the fan base. Um, the podcast has been crazy, but we're loving every minute of it. Yeah, and you've uh, said that you got a lot of guests. You've had Rashawn Slater and Drew Tranquil, and you know, almost the whole Chargers team passed through. <laughs> Uh, what what have been some of the most you know fun moments from there, or you know any insight you gotten into sort of the 2021 version of this team from those interviews? Yeah, we we have been fortunate enough to have some folks come onto the show. Um, man, there's a lot of fun memories. Um, you know, I think when 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 Chris, when Chris Harris came on the show and he was talking about best dressed, was talking about Nazir Adderley, and then Nazir Adderley came on the show later and was talking about how he can wear the jumpsuit better than anyone else. <laughs> and uh, he's having the jumpsuit on right then, I believe, when we were recording. Um, Rashawn Slater was great. Uh, Chris Rumpf was hilarious. He was calling out everyone in his episode. I think he was calling out uh, Chad Ochocinco and FIFA, telling us about some homework he had to do on a state bird for some of his rookie homework assignments. Um, there's just a lot. And I think what what has, one of the themes that has come from all of these interviews is just how excited and how much energy this – this team has and how excited they are to see Derwin James play football again. Like that is some, we've, we've gotten to the point where we've had to ask them other than Derwin James, who else are you excited to see on the show or to see coming in 2021? And uh, 
yeah, the team is really energized, uh, very, very friendly, very open, authentic. And I think a lot of that kind of comes from this coaching staff and Brandon Staley. I think he's kind of pumped up this team with a lot of just uh, of energy and just excitement. And I think that's kind of flown throughout, not just the players, but the organization, folks covering the team, you guys, myself and fans. I mean, everyone's excited for this time, this time of year. Yeah. Uh, another cool thing that you and you and Steven got to do actually was you got you were interviewing uh, players before the combo or during pro days and stuff. Uh, how how was that? Was that fun? And, you know, I saw Steven getting breaking news credit on Instagram for saying, you know, <laughs> which which players interviewed with the Chargers and which players didn't. Uh, so, you know, that what was that like? It was honestly, it was a lot of fun and it was cool to see a lot of the players. I know you guys, I'm sure, did a ton of work on all of a lot of the prospects that came in uh, before the draft. And, you know, it was nice to kind of be able to talk to some of those bigger ones. Uh, you know, we talked to JC Horn and I think that was the first time that anyone heard that he was, you know, in connection with the Chargers a bunch and talking about his connections there. I um, got to talk to Caleb Farley about his injury and that kind of got some some buzz around the news. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. We talked to Micah Parsons. We've talked to a few different folks. And I think the part that was was fun was just at the end of the day, these are all humans. These are all players. And realistically, like they're in their young 20s and they're all like looking forward to like the best times of their life and their dreams coming true. And so for the most part, like it was really interesting just to see how polished the majority of these players were. Like I remember myself at that age and there's no way I could have handled myself the way they did. So it was a lot of fun, um, some fun exposure, some fun questions and answers. Um, definitely an experience I'm looking forward to continuing to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm 22 and I can barely handle, you know, <laughs> bumbling on this podcast, let alone, you know, talking to the media. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's something, you know, um, you know, but yeah, so credit to you guys for doing those interviews and doing all the, uh, you know, scout work kind of, that's just a crazy part of the off season. Uh, I also wanted to ask, because this has been, you know, making the rounds on Twitter, I wanted to get to the uh, jersey stuff. Uh, specifically, the the new helmet rule has come into effect, and people have been ranking their uh, top six Chargers mm. jerseys of that list. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Rank your top six. Ooh, okay, I don't have all of them in front of me, but I'm pretty sure. I know number one is the yellow pants and the, baby, and the powder blue. That's mm -hmm. one for me. Okay. Uh, two, two might be the white on white three. I think I got to go the Navy. I love that color scheme. Um, and after that, I want to say the, I like the yellow with the white. That looks good too. Um, yellow pants, white shirt. And then weirdly enough, I think the color rush might be my, it's great. I love it, but it might be my least favorite and word on the street. I don't know if this is breaking news. But I'm pretty oh, wow. sure there's going to be a new color rush jersey, or at least I know they're not mm. going to be keeping that one. So wow. okay. uh, stay tuned. I there may be a gray. I'm not sure, um, but we'll see. So I, honestly, it was I love all of our jerseys, and I think Chargers fans are so lucky to be able to not really have a bad option. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> there are some jerseys out there that are not nearly uh, as fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the one that always gets me is like when the Packers do that like uh, blue yellow Packer one or the Jets did that for a while. I'm like, this is gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of jerseys <laughs> like that. Um, I, will say, know, I will say with the with the gray, if you go into SoFi, um, you'll see a few different shirts at the stadium at the store. 
that have, you'll see like a gray Justin Herbert jersey. You'll see a gray, I think there's one other person, I want to say Derwin James, but they've already kind of started to trickle that in. I don't know if that's going to be like an official thing, but um, I mean, I went and got a uh, an Asante Samuel Jr. jersey and I was considering doing the the color rush one. And they said that they were not doing that one anymore. I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's super interesting. I remember seeing on Twitter like gray Derwin photoshops last year. <laughs> those those always made the rounds because people thought the new alternate was going to be that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, you know that that would be kind of interesting if they really went in that direction. Um, it, you know, weirdly enough for me, navy is kind of my least favorite. Um, I, and you know, before the you know social media comes for me, like. Like they have for Daniel Popper, yeah. who made his who made his return today on Twitter and he got to play for it again. Um, I I think it is still a very good jersey, but I don't know. I was looking at pictures of the old uh, Navy on Navy they used to have, and they kind of like colored in the bolts, and it looked I don't know. It looked a little more like bright somehow. Um, but yeah, that that's just my take. Um, I think white on white is definitely my favorite one. That that's the one that just looks very clean. You know, always remember it kind of now for for being Herbert's first game. Uh, that that's kind of a fun memory. So yeah, uh, I I kind of got to go with that one. But the, the white on white, the white on white is great for folks who are in shape. But I think like for the linemen, <laughs> for the defensive line, or myself, I'm like I don't yeah. think I can pull that off. No way. Yeah, maybe Linval <laughs> Joseph doesn't like that one so much. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so but what, what do you make kind of about the uh, helmet rule and all the uh, kind of jersey possibilities that are really open to them now starting in, in 2022? Um, well, first off, I, I love the idea of having the the alternate helmet. I actually have one right here that I got signed a uh, while back. And I mean, putting that with some of like the color options would be sick. Like imagine that with some of the other jerseys. I mean... I think it's cool. I don't know why. I know why teams do it because they want to kind of stay consistent with branding and all that stuff. But I think like the NFL has gotten better with kind of letting teams kind of have fun and kind of showcasing some of those things. And I mean, the Chargers have such a good jersey combo. And I think like your point with the with the Navy, the the older one is so kind of historic and it, it's like right. nostal- and it's nostalgic. So I feel like anything that like, approaches that can be very off-putting to some. So I totally get why that one is not your favorite. Um, they've definitely gone more like in the sleeker route. Uh, but right. yeah, I think that I think the new helmet idea is awesome. And I think it's going to look so good with some of these jersey combos. Like imagine the white on white with the dark blue helmet. Like that'd be sick. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I, I like them going more minimalist in ways. Like I think powder blue looks a little bit better than it used to because what they used to do was that they had powder blue with like navy blue uh, before they did the rebrand. So I, I always thought that looked a little bit clunky, even though it looked good. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the the rebrand that they did. The the one that the Bengals did looks good too. Um, just yes. kind of a sleeker look because uh, the Bengals were kind of you know sort of like the old Chargers jerseys a little bit, uh, where they, they kind of had some of those same problems too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, I, w- I wanted to kind of get to the main topic of this episode, which is going to be the running back room. Uh, and so what are your expectations kind of uh, for the Chargers heading into 2021 in general? And then, you know, strictly we'll get into the running backs. Um, expectations as a whole for the Chargers. You know, it's an interesting year and I can't think of a more exciting time 
for this organization, not just for fans, but for the team and the players and coaching staff. Like, like there's so much change and there's so much like turnover, but in a good way. And like, we have our franchise quarterback. We have a new coaching staff. We've got like franchise players at like key positions. We've got Derwin James. We've got Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa. I mean, Austin Eckler on the pretty reasonable contract, you know, up and coming Rashawn Slater. There's so many players on this team that are just fun and good people on and off the field. So it's exciting. You know, this team fell short the last few years. And I think, you know, we, you've talked about it a thousand times, I'm sure, as have we on our show. You know, the, there's been a lot of mental mistakes. There's been a lot of reasons why this team has not performed like they should have. Injury certainly plays a part, but you don't want to use that as an excuse. I think there's just kind of a rejuvenated approach to this year. And it's hard not to think that the team is going to do well. Now, it's all going to fall on the shoulders of Justin Herbert at the end of the day. I mean, if he can be even close to as good as he was last year, I think this team is going to be great. Uh, offensive line is going to be a really, really, really important component of this. And then, honestly, Derwin James and Drew Tranquil coming back is huge. You know, we know how good Joey Bosa is. Kenneth Murray showed up a bunch. But getting those stars back on the field is, I mean, there's there's a reason why they are that good. And when you don't have players like that, it it's, it impacts your team. And I think we saw that last year, both on the field as well as in the locker room. Like Derwin James just brings that level of leadership. We had Drew Tranquil on our show, and he was just oozing with that leadership and confidence and kind of just like that poise of understanding like what it takes, even on something as minimal as like special teams and taking that personal. Um, so to answer your question much longer than I thought I would, I would say <laughs> it's an exciting time. Um, everyone is optimistic, although every every team, all 32 fan bases think they're going to Super Bowl right now. Um, but the Chargers are definitely looking up, which is exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think last year was a little bit mentally draining. Um, I know that because we podcasted after every game. And, uh, you know, the Broncos game, for example, was just that was sort of our breaking point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Joey Bosa and Derwin James being back is so huge. Like, you know, you can try to replace them, but you really just can't. You know, credit to Sean Jenkins for stepping up last year. Credit to... Uh, you know, Jerry Tillery and the other people that they tried on the edge, but it just wasn't the same, right? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, you just need those players to be instant playmakers. And so I, I think that was just such a huge part of why last year kind of went down the tube so fast. And even if you don't have the players, oftentimes you'll see good coaching staff able to kind of overcome that. And right. you'll have a team that gets decimated by injuries, but they'll still perform well because coaching will get them ready. And, I'm not going to badmouth the coaching staff, but they just mm -hmm. didn't do their job well enough to be able to overcome the injuries and the mental mistakes and stuff that just happened to this team. So it was, it was a failure on a lot of people's shoulders. And I think a lot of people take the blame, but I think the one thing that is, um, is obvious. And I think uh, Haley Elwood from charges weekly came out with a interview with uh, Brian Belaga and he kind of came out and he talked about, the mentality of this team is very rejuvenated, very refreshed. And they have this like bad taste in their mouth of losing. And, um, you know, they revamped their offensive line. They got folks healthy. Uh, I, I think this team's going to come out with a mission. And if we can stay healthy, I know it's a big if, and I know we all got to knock on wood, but we always talk about it on paper right now, this team looks dangerous. 
Yeah, uh, no, I, I totally agree. Like, yeah, on, on paper, before any of the games were played, this team does look dangerous. And, you know, the coaching staff was good for two and a half quarters, usually last year. Um, and then things usually fell apart. Um, so, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Um, yeah, and so, so if I had to put you on the spot right now, playoff team or not playoff team? Yes, I would say a playoff team. Um I mean, what, it's an 18-game season or 18-week season, 17 games now, which is going to be so weird for me to remember my oh, math yeah, as we go through the we, season. <laughs> on the podcast, we was just going through and being like, this is a 13-4 and <laughs> like, or this is yeah. an 11-6. and six. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I like my sweet spot is probably going to be like 11-6 and six area, and I think it could go up or down, maybe 12-5, and 10-7. and seven. Um, But I think this is a team where if we could get into the playoffs – and they're healthy, it's a dangerous team to go up against. Because anytime you go up against a team that has a great quarterback, great coaching, and a great defense, like that's a recipe for success. And again, if we could stay healthy, this team has that potential. So just get us there. Just get us there. Give, keep us healthy, please. And uh, we should be having some fun come December. Yeah, it was weird. Me, Steven, and Tyler were doing the uh, record prediction, just going game by game of the schedule, and then we added up all the points at the end, and I was the only one that had them at 11-6. and six. They they both had five losses, and I was just surprised because I'm usually uh, I'm usually the – or they had seven losses. I'm usually the negative one. So, you know, <laughs> the pessimist in me was just surprised about that. So I, I also have them as a playoff team, at least for the time being. Um, so yeah, now I want to do a little bit more in-depth discussion on the running backs room. So that's obviously Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson. Uh, you know, you got Joshua Kelly, newly drafted Larry Roundtree, and still Darius Bradwell. Uh, before we get into any of them specifically, how many running backs do you think make the roster, and and which ones would you choose? <sighs> um, honestly, I think I'm going to go with the top four that you mentioned, and. Um... You know, we had Fernando Ramirez from Sports Illustrated and LAFB on the show recently, and uh, he talked about the importance of the running game for this Chargers team and for Justin Herbert. And you look at kind of the offenses that you know, San Francisco had or Joe Lombardi had, and um, there's a lot of wrinkles that I think will be deployed from a running game perspective. And I think that all four of the running backs that you mentioned, aside from Bradwell and even him, but I don't think they're going to have five. Um they all have a very unique skill set, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but there isn't much overlap between Eckler, Kelly, Jackson, and Roundtree. Like all four of them kind of bring a different component. And so I can see why this team would want all four of them and be able to kind of utilize them at different places. I'm sure some are definitely going to be playing special teams, but look for that to be kind of running back by committee. Obviously, it's going to be Austin Eckler's show. Um, but I am curious to kind of see what happens with that second spot i don't necessarily know if there's going to be a surefire number two running back yeah i mean i i don't know either we've obviously kind of gone through the last couple years of uh, justin jackson injuries unfortunately only playing i think 16 out of the last 32 uh the last two years which which is tough you know it's not his fault but uh, at the end of the day kind of the best ability is availability uh, in a lot of ways, and you know, they did spend a third round pick on Joshua Kelly last year. Now a six round pick on Larry Roundtree uh, and Justin Jackson. After this season is a free agent, so you start to get into you know how this running back room could start to shift. And like 
For a little bit last year, I really thought it kind of did. Um, those first two weeks of Joshua mm-hmm. Kelly he were awesome. Good. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, the Cincinnati game, like you can make the argument he won them the game, you know, with his performance. Obviously, the offensive line was playing a little bit better than expected, uh, you know, kind of given the situation that they were in. But, you know, he had something like 12 carries, 60 yards, the touchdown. Um, it, it was just everything you wanted to see. And then you he has the fumble against Kansas City and the fumble against Tampa Bay. And it felt like he lost confidence from there a little bit. And then that sort of got him to where he was later in the season with some of the healthy scratches. So I'm not quite sure what to expect from him this year because going into training camp last year, and we saw this the first two weeks, a lot of people were saying, hey, look, he looks like the best you know running back in the room or he looks like one of the most impressive players of training camp. Um, and it, but it was kind of an erratic season and you got COVID. Um, what are kind of your specific thoughts on Joshua Kelly and, and sort of where the expectations should be for him this year? Yeah. And that's a tough, it's a tough one to pinpoint because like there's so much unknown and there's so much volatility from, from this past season. I mean, he didn't have really an off season at all. And I feel like for running backs, especially like you see a lot of running backs, like the, the top, top ones that go in the draft. Like they generally will do pretty well as a rookie, but ones that go in later rounds, like those are really hit and miss. And I think those really require a lot of coaching and a lot of kind of situational awareness. And I just don't think Joshua Kelly had the benefit of a, the coaching in that and being able to have a whole off season to kind of be deployed. And then also you tackle on top of that, like the offensive line was atrocious, like historically bad. And as he, he could be the best running back in the league, for that skill set, like he's not Austin Eckler. He's not going to be able to shift around six guys. And if he can't get a hole opened up, like there's only so much he could do. So I think there's, I think some components of that is because he was a rookie. Some components was because he may have lost a little confidence once he started fumbling and started seeing kind of the, the offensive line kind of, I don't know, crumble a little bit. But I also think it's just really hard to gauge it from this past year. Cause like there were so many things that happened that were unprecedented that, you know, this year they finally have an off season. They have a new coaching staff. They have a whole new quarterback. Like everything's like prepared for this now. <laughs> um, so I definitely see kind of a bump from Joshua Kelly. Um, and I think it's interesting with, with Justin Jackson, because like this is a contract year and we said it on a recent episode of Chargers Unleashed. There is not a coach I would rather have during a contract year than Brandon Staley because, like, I think between him and Ronaldo Hill and Lombardi, like, all three of them are guys that are going to kind of help innovate and get folks the ball. The You know, the playmakers should be able to make plays. If Justin Jackson could stay healthy, I don't see how they can oversee him and not give him the ball. I mean, because when healthy, like, he's legit. He's a good running back, too. And some would argue he could be better than that, but he just has to be able to showcase that. It's going to be interesting. Larry Roundtree, I, I like he's he's very frenetic as well. I think he's he's a violent runner. He runs kind of with no abandon. He doesn't care who's in front of him, who's around him. Um, and so again, they all all four running backs have a kind of unique skill set. And so I think that's kind of what holds value in the locker room. I think that's why they're all four going to make the the fifty three man roster. Yeah, um, you know, we sort of kind of went back on this in the podcast, but like it's sort of really to me kind of a three running back room right now. And then you have Josh, uh, oh, sorry, Larry Roundtree, who I think will be on the roster. Um, I think he'll primarily start with special teams, but that'll also be dictated by the health of the room, right? You know, if somebody like Justin Jackson were to get hurt again, 
then Larry Roundtree kind of has to step up, right? He, you know, he's kind of the next guy uh, up after Joshua Kelly, right? So that's just kind of depth chart and and sort of the, the coaching mentality there. So, you know, when it comes to Justin Jackson, my, my thing has been ever since I saw him play, you know, that 2018 season, you had the Steelers game. And the, Pittsburgh game. game. the Pittsburgh game is awesome from him. You know, he, his vision to, to me is, you know, the second best on this team. Like when he's, you know, running between tackles and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think he's honestly the second best running back. And so it's crazy to me that people talk about him as a, as a cut candidate, you know, kind of due to these injuries and stuff like that. And I, I don't buy that personally. Um, you know, while the injuries, you know, haven't been fun for, for him or, you know, unfortunately for the fans and all that. Uh, it's just like, you know, he's still the most talented running back and the guys that you would try to replace him with are a rookie, a guy who had some healthy scratches last year and, you know, uh, Darius Bradwell, who, you know, is was kind of a practice squad player and sort of uh, came onto the active roster at times. But yeah, there's just not a lot of experience that I would ultimately trust over somebody like Justin Jackson as uh, the RB2. Yeah, and he's an athlete, and I think that's one right. of the things you're going to see with with this coaching staff. You've heard him talk about it already. Like Joe Lombardi's talked about, like he just wants to get athletes in the best position to succeed and get make let players make plays. Um, Justin Jackson's just a playmaker, and I think you want to get get those guys the ball. Like I don't necessarily know if Joshua Kelly is known as a playmaker. Like he's a running back, and he has a lot of good traits, but I wouldn't necessarily consider him as the playmaker like I would an Austin Eckler or like I would a Justin Jackson. So, yeah, I don't think there's a chance that he gets cut. No. I think there's a better chance that he has a breakout year and gets a crazy contract next year for their team than there is he gets cut. There's no way. Yeah. Um, and so going to the main guy, we do talk about Austin Eckler. Uh, you sort of said that it, it could be more of a running back by committee approach, obviously, with with Austin leading. What are kind of the maybe stat implications or, or what the expectations should be in terms of a, maybe a career year for him or maybe a little less than a career year um, if they are kind of moving the ball around a lot between a lot of running backs? I mean, make no mistake about it. Austin Eckler is the running back one. And I think, right. the, running, yeah. I think the running back by committee, I think is going to be two through four. I think it's going to be one. And then two, three, four are probably all going to kind of have similar – carries or responsibilities or plays. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Eckler has a career year. I mean, he's coming from an offensive coordinator that had Alvin Kamara, who balled out. Uh, granted, it's also Alvin Kamara. But right. Austin Eckler also is arguably one of the best, if not the best, pass-catching running backs in the NFL, bar none, other than maybe Christian McCaffrey. And even that, go look at the statistics. Like, Austin Eckler is right there. Um, so I can see Austin Eckler being deployed – more so in the passing game than I think we saw last year. Um, I know he was hurt last year again, so it's hard to kind of look at the statistics and kind of compare them. But I think I think you're going to see the other three running backs being used more for running than you will Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler probably have more running attempts than all of them, but all three of them combined, I think you're going to have more than him because he is so much more dynamic out of the backfield. Give him in, get him in space, get him on sweeps, give him like he'll he'll fly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, people talk a lot about like kind of who maybe the slot receiver will be in this duo offense and all that. And I'm like, the slot receiver is kind of Austin Eckler, <laughs> like in a lot of ways, you know, so mm -hmm. he's going to line up there uh, and get a lot of targets himself. 
um, you know, <laughs> I, I might go as far as to say, like, in some instances, you can kind of consider him wide receiver three, <laughs> just based on how this offense works. And it's, 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 it's true. You're, if you were to look at, if you were to put a betting line, like, I would say that he will have the third most receptions on the team. Right. Yeah, um, I, I think that's definitely a fair point. And just going into this kind of season, um, you know, he, he already has the contract kind of secured and locked down, like, like we've talked about. Um, Justin Jackson is going into a contract year. I guess from somebody uh, like Larry Roundtree, who's coming into his rookie year, a bit of a different place than any of the other running backs on the team, uh, what do you want to see kind of from him this year? That's a good question, Alex. I think, I think for me, I would just want to see him kind of soak as much as he can in from his coaching staff. Like, I think this is one of the first times where I think Chargers fans and players are actually like excited to see what a coaching staff can do with a player. Like in the past, it's felt like this team is made up of a lot of really good players, but are kind of handcuffed by this coaching staff. Whereas now it kind of seems not the opposite, but it seems like these players are very excited for the coaching staff. And so getting a rookie with the coaching staff, I think is going to be big. I don't necessarily expect these huge, crazy production numbers from him, but I think being able one, I think if he can show out on special teams, I think that's going to be a win because as much as we want to talk about him as a running back, I think he's much more needed as a special teamer. And I think that's something he hung his hat on in college as well. Um, so if I would look for things from him, special teams contributor, I want to see, hopefully, he can kind of get us some of those third down, third and short runs that him and Joshua Kelly will probably split the load there. Um, and then just to kind of continue to develop. You know, he's a rookie. We took him late. There's a reason why we took him late, but there's also a reason why we took him. So it's just, right. I, I think I'm more excited just to see what this coaching staff can do with him with an actual offseason behind this offensive line that's rejuvenated. I mean, I don't think we've seen an offensive line this good for this running back room. Ever what, a decade, like 20 years. I don't think I don't remember yeah. the last time I saw an offensive line this good for the Chargers on paper. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to probably go back a decade to you know some of those like mid 2000s like Chargers teams, like that. That's probably what we're talking about in terms of offensive line, but you know, even that team didn't necessarily have like you know Corey Lindsley, somebody that is that kind of guy. Um, you know, all respect to Nick Hardwick, who was very good. But in that, not kind of the the quite the talent that somebody like Lindsley is. Um, so yeah, going to, going to the offensive line. How do you think that they sort of are going to go about opening up holes uh, for this team um, when we talk about some of the new guys that they brought in? I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, just yeah, how how they're going to open up holes because last year you know we saw maybe a hole would open up, but it just wasn't quite opened up by somebody like Trey Turner. Right. Um, or some of the other pieces on the line. So other than talent, what do you think are some of the kind of scheme differences that, you know, we might notice in the run game? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think the hard part is like, nobody knows, like it right. is, there's so much uncertainty behind this. I think that's kind of what gets everybody excited is like we, you and I can sit here and talk about what we think about the spread offense and all these like spread run schemes and, you know, going between the two and three gap. But like, who, if, I, if it was me, like, I feel like I would try to stretch the field a little bit more. I would try to go like east west a little bit, give them like a one cut and go. Um, but at the same time, like, this is the first time I have seen a Chargers team that has talent to where like we could actually make some damage in the middle of the line. 
like go back last year, the year before, like we we could not run up the middle to save our life. Yeah. Like it was just running into a brick wall. Now, some of that was injury, sure. Um, but this it's hard to answer that because I don't know what this team will look like because I've never seen an offensive line A healthy, B with this much like talent on it, and C like with his coaching staff. And so I would like to see kind of a spread scheme, I'd like see him kind of go like zone runs outside a little bit, but Hey, for all I know, I mean, Lindsley, Filer, Abushi, like these guys can maul up front. And all of a sudden, like, I'm like, yeah, go up the middle. Like, go five yards up the middle at the time. Give me three yards. Cool. I'm good. Well, and I also think that helps that, you know, hopefully if this running back group is healthy, because, you know, you watch the Miami game last year and it's, you know, third and four, and they're just giving the rock right up the middle to Kalen Balash. <laughs> That's kind of been my running joke for, from last year. It's just, you know, um, you know, that's kind of a coaching staff decision. Uh, and, and all that, but they just didn't have not just the offensive line. Like you know, you got Austin Eckler out, you had Justin Jackson out, and you're down to you know Kalen Balage, uh, Justin Ke- uh, Justin Je- or sorry, not Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, and they're really like trying to grind it out. But it, you know, at times it's really hard uh, to do that, especially when they had that offensive line that they did last year. It was um, historically bad. Like for yeah. I know we, everybody talks about it, but like you cannot overemphasize it enough like they were bad and like that makes what justin herbert did last year so ridiculous like for a rookie to be able to look that good under that much duress constantly i know there are folks at pff that say oh it's not sustainable but like (laughs) that's not natural like that's not normal and so we 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 talk about all the time but like even if this offensive line can go from worse to like middle of the road Give me right. like 16, 18, 20. I don't care. Like that would be leaps and bounds better than what it was these past, what, five years? Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you're not making a jump, a jump to being a top 10 offensive line, even if it's simply, you know, we're top 20, we're top, you know, 15, like that would just be uh, such a wake up call and it would help everybody out a lot. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the idea of Justin Herbert regression. But one of the things is that, you know, even if he's maybe not quite as good under pressure, he'll have less pressure, you know, hopefully because of this offensive line. Um, So that, you know, maybe takes away a little bit from that whole regression argument, which we, which we got into last podcast and, you know, some people are tired of hearing about it. So, you know, maybe we'll wait till that, you know, the season plays out to get into that more. Um, But yeah, so, uh, in terms of, you know, how this, you know, offense will work with these running backs, how, if you had to predict right now, not just, you know, who will make the team, what's your kind of depth chart, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but what do you think the depth chart would be kind of by the end, uh, assuming everybody's healthy? That's a big assumption. So assuming everyone is healthy, I think it goes Eckler, Jackson, Kelly, Roundtree, yeah, in that in that order. Um, yeah, I don't see how Joshua Kelly can jump over Justin Jackson, but again, I like I said before, I don't think the difference between running back two and three is going to be right. that much. I think it's just going to be in how they're deployed. So, like Justin Jackson is going to kind of be like that zone on the outside. Joshua Kelly's going to be right up the middle, um, more so, not always, but I would match. I mean, I would think it'd be those four in that order. Yeah, I, I would agree with those four in those in that order too. 
My only exception maybe being if Kelly were to jump Jackson. Uh, I don't think that that will happen, but like, you know, you did kind of feel like maybe it would happen at the beginning of last year, and, and, and then it just didn't. It felt uh, like they wanted yeah. it to happen. It, it felt like they wanted it to happen. It felt, you know, he was playing good those first two games, and it just, the wheels kind of fell off a bit, um, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know kind of where where he is, you know, probably third on the depth chart, but the, the other thing is that they just have such different roles a little bit, right? We do talk about Joshua Kelly is more of a, a power back, you know, Justin Jackson is kind of, you know, not similar to Eckler, but he is kind of that can receive out of the backfield and also, you know, make some moves in between the tackles. Um, I, I guess I want to ask you, you know, you, we talk about that situation with Larry Roundtree. Uh, in terms of short yardage backs, you know, this, this team sometimes it's been partially because of the offensive line, but also because, you know, uh, People will play those unfortunate, you know, fumbles from Eckler a couple preseasons ago in the Detroit game. Um, do you think that he's a real boost to that sort of short yardage situation? I, th- I think he helps. You know, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, like, I think the Chargers have had that issue for a while where I think they've had a lot of like that that scat back mentality from a running back, but not really the bruiser or not one that is good enough to really like impact a game. Um, do I think that he could be kind of that short yardage running back? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's kind of why he was brought in, but do you really want to put that much stake in right. a rookie with, you know, late third round pick or, or third day pick? I, I don't know. Especially when you have Joshua Kelly, who I think can also do short yardage. Um, I think, I think Roundtree is a more violent runner. I think he, you're, you can probably get more explosive plays from him. But on third and short, I don't necessarily know if that's what you're wanting. Like, are you wanting an explosive play on third and short? Or are you wanting someone that could just go get two yards? Right. And we've also talked about, you know, the coaching staff and how they sort of maybe want to favor analytics. You know, analytics, not just, you know, for the Chargers or for some other teams, sort of saying like, hey, uh, you know, it might be smarter to just pass, you know, on third down, not maybe third and third and inches. But, you know, if you have third and three, you know, twenty compared to twenty years ago, it makes less sense to run than it does now. Well, right? especially and especially with how terrible our offensive line was last year, like it makes no <laughs> sense to run. <laughs> yeah, I think you've gotten that point across, and certainly Chargers fans <laughs> from last year, uh, you know, remember how how bad that offensive line, whether it was third and one, fourth and ten, whatever it was, it, it just wasn't wasn't quite working out that way. Um, but yeah, uh, so thanks for coming on the pod. Uh, it was really fun to have you, Dan, uh, let the people know where they can find you and Jake and, and your Twitter and everything that you're doing, uh, with LAFB. Yeah. So you can find, uh, the show at LAC underscore unleashed on Twitter. We're also on Instagram, on YouTube. You can subscribe there. Uh, my co-host Jake Hefner, you can find him at Jake T Hefner on Twitter, myself at chargers Homer. Um, yeah, that's kind of where you can find us. We're all over the place trying to have as much fun as we can. I know it's kind of a dark time in terms of content for Chargers fans, but this is actually a really fun time right now. We're kind of going through position battles on our show. Um, but no, thanks for having me on this one. This is awesome. I love finally being able to talk to a sailor at sea. It's been forever. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so 
go check out uh, their stuff that they're doing uh, over on the Chargers Unleashed podcast. Uh, if you haven't, uh, they do really great work over there and LAFB in general. Uh, all the articles that are written over there are great. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because Steven writes them. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, next time. Steven and Tyler will be back on the pod. Uh, so bolt up. <laughs>